0: what is going on you guys and welcome back to another video if you're new to the channel here my name is Brandon today we are having that uncomfortable conversation about what to do with your losing stocks and this is one of the toughest things that you will come across as an investor like I think right now a lot of people are gonna be learning stuff and maybe experiencing something that they never had to do before but it's the decision to essentially maybe cut ties with those stocks that probably aren't best fit for your portfolio and that aren't doing as well as you may have once hoped. And just FYI, like in this video, when we talk about like losing stocks, I'm not talking about our big blue chip companies. Like I'm not talking about our Googles are down 10% or 15%, right? Or our TD banks, like those stocks, kind of like our index stocks, let call them. Of course they're gonna be down, like the stock market's down, the index is down. But what I'm really talking about here is like those stocks that maybe you should not have bought, maybe those stocks that were uh, a speculation more or less, and you kind of probably bought them because they were doing really well. But now you look at them and they're down 40, 50, 60%. Like what do we do with those stocks? And I know they're out there because actually where I got this video idea, I was at the gym, like I was I was swimming down underneath the gym And I was in the hot tub, like I wasn't swimming. I wasn't swimming in the hot tub. I was just sitting in the hot tub, but um, I bumped into a subscriber. We're talking about stocks, right? And he said, yeah, my stocks are like down right now. And I said, of course they're down right now, right? Like, of course they're down. Everybody's stocks are down. That's not your fault. And then he went on to say like, yeah, these ones are like kind of my fault. Like basically implying that it's not just our indexes that are down. It's not my ETFs. It's not just my good stocks. I probably made some choices that I probably should not have had. And I even went over to my Instagram and asked you guys, like, do you have stocks that you are not confident in? And these stocks that you probably shouldn't have been buying that are down, there was a pretty big split. So I do know that they're out there and I really hope that this video is able to shine some light on that, right? Just to kind of throw you some examples, like a company that comes to mind, no disrespect to anybody that has a stock, but I think of one over the past year, like AMC. Right, the theater chain. That to me is a very clear stock of one that I would be kind of considering. There's so many others that, especially here on YouTube, have been very popular. And um, you can also let me know down in the comment section below, like for you, if you feel like sharing, what are some of the stocks that you would say are your duds, like your dead stocks? Uh, I'm very curious to hear because I see all of them out there, but yeah. And um, in getting into the video, I want to start actually by prefacing it with a concept right this is something we've covered once or twice on the channel before but i think it'll do a very good job of getting us in the right frame of mind to approach this question of do i buy do i sell or do i hold let's talk about the sunk cost fallacy and the sunk cost fallacy for those not aware is something that every single human being out there will fall victim to at some point where you would see this most is like let's assume you bought a concert ticket right a number of months back you bought this concert ticket and you're like you were super excited to go and as the days are kind of approaching, you're like, yeah, I don't really want to go anymore. I'm not as excited for whatever reason, or you've heard the concert's not going to be very good and you'd rather just stay home and watch football or just stay home and relax. But because you bought the ticket, even though you instinctually know, like I don't really want to do this, you go anyways, right? you had skin in the game, you, There's there were some sunk costs, like the time and excitement and, and, and cost to go buy the ticket, you still go do something that you probably logically don't want to do because of the sunk cost fallacy. Another clear example of this is when you go to a restaurant, right? So you go to, let's say like a fine dining restaurant and you order their special fish, right? The seafood dish and you wait and you're patient, you have your drinks and then the food comes out and then you take that first bite and it's just really, really, fishy, like the bad type of fishy, right? I know some people like that, but for me, my fish, I don't like it to be fishy at all. I like it to be like, taste, not like fish, but um, you take that first bite and you're just like, this is not good, but you eat the whole thing anyways, and you chow down the entire plate because you paid for it because you're there. That's the sunk cost fallacy. Logically, why would you eat something that you don't want to eat? It's because these things in the past that have brought you to this point are dictating what you do. And when it comes to the stock market, like our portfolios, if we have a stock that is down, we do have a lot of sunk costs in that position, right? There's the time, there's the energy that we took to go do our research and to kind of get our convincing up to go buy the stock. We obviously have money, like we have a dollars sunk into this position. So there's a ton of sunk costs. And what a lot of investors do, which I think is the mistake right now, is they let those things, dictate what to do with their position. As an investor that's looking at what to do with your losing stocks, we need to look at from this point, like from today, let's forget everything that has happened in the past, right? Like just forget it, like scrap it. From this point forward, what do we see the future being with this position? Is it good, is it bad, is it, I don't know? Well, this in and of itself could probably dictate what you do with your portfolio or with the losing positions. I think one more little fun challenge to do actually, like a good way to kind of consider this is by doing what's called the overnight challenge or the overnight test. I don't know the exact name for it, but like something like that. And essentially what it is is if you were to look at your portfolio, every single position, every single ETF, whatever it is that you own, if you had to sell all of those positions today, sleep on it at night and then tomorrow when the market opens buy every position back, like you had to rebuild your portfolio. If you looked at the different holdings, which ones of those would you want to include? And which ones of those would you not want to include? Like, what are the names that you're like, yeah, don't want this one this time around, or hey, this one's not as exciting to me right now, now that it's dropped. Again, these that talking about it that way kind of answers, I think a lot of the questions as to whether you should sell or whether you shouldn't. We're gonna get into like the actual considerations about selling and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, that's just kind of how I wanted to kind of preface this. Because the first actual thing that I would consider when looking at, I kind of already talked about that, to be honest with you guys, but the first thing that I would look at if deciding to sell a stock or not is, well, what type of stock is this, right? What is the type or tier or quality of stock based on your opinion and views on stocks? Is this one of these high quality blue chip stocks? Like, is this an Amazon or a TD or a Brookfield or a bunch of the stocks that we could name and that we talk about on the channel? Are these stocks that are down? Because these stocks do go down too, right? Like if you look back at, any real crash, whether that's the COVID pandemic or whether that is, you know, uh, the 2008 crisis, like all of these stocks were down and it would have been a great opportunity to actually add more. But then you have your class of other stocks which do not fall into this category. Like let's just call them the speculative stocks, the high flyers, um, yeah, whatever you want want to call them. I look at a company like, we like to talk about on the channel, the marijuana stocks, right? Like we all remember how exciting that got and how many people got caught up in that craze. If it's one of these companies that maybe don't have as much of a promising future, well, that kind of may answer your question in and of itself, right? These are just questions to ask yourself, right? Because everybody's positions is, everybody's positions are different. Everybody's portfolio is different. Like I can't say exactly what stock to do and, and what to do. And you guys have to make your own decisions anyways. But if it were me, I'd look at my portfolio and I'd say, is this one of these core stocks that I know is gonna do well for me? Or is it one of those kind of peripheral just, like more or less stocks that probably won't. Just to share with you, like a personal example with my portfolio, although I know, I know a lot of people won't like it, but guess what? It is how it is. I look at my portfolio, I have a stock like Tencent, which is down probably 40 to 50%. So it's down and it's down bad, just as bad as some other stocks. But based on my research and based on my projections, outgoing, looking out forward, and where I see this company going personally, again, you don't have to agree, or, you can agree or disagree, but to me, I see a promising future there. If I own a stock, like I actually own a stock like SoFi and SoFi is my one speculative position, my one stock that I tried to have some fun with and I only have about $500 in the stock now. I put a thousand in and it's down to probably about like 500. So small, smaller relative to my portfolio, but still nevertheless, a speculative stock. If it's a company like this, which does not have, and again, SoFi hopefully does well, but um, let's assume it's another stock. If you're looking at a company that has basically no profits, right? Their balance sheet doesn't look good. Um, You don't know nothing about the management team. You don't know nothing about the future of this company. And you basically just bought it because it was doing well. That would be a stock that I would strongly consider saying, well, hey, do I take the loss and just put that money somewhere else? Because this stock may never, ever come back. That's the important thing. A lot of people have this misconception that like, just because a stock has gone down 50%, it can't go any further, right? Like 50%, 60% drop, like how much further could this stock drop? And people really, really think that they could keep dropping. Like they could keep dropping, especially considering like where we stand in our kind of environment right now, right? If you look at the landscape of investing, things are starting to look very differently than they have over the past number of years. So if you look basically over the past decade, right? Like the 2020s, 2010s and whatnot, basically coming out of the financial crisis, This has been such an exciting time for growth investors and for these high-flying stocks. Like It's just been perfect, and they've done so, so well. But we've all seen right now the inflation numbers. We've all seen rates are going up. We constantly have talk of whether a recession is on the horizon and whether that's going to come sooner or later. All of these things will prove to be a very different landscape, and these high-growth companies may, and I could be wrong, like maybe the market does just bounce back. Again, I don't know, but I'm just saying these are things to consider. It could be a very challenging environment for these high growth stocks. And it's very, very possible that from where you bought it, if you're just gonna wait and hope that the stock just, you know, like a very common thing is, I'm just gonna hold the stock till it goes back up to where I bought it at, that may never happen. Like that literally may never happen. There are a lot of cases where that doesn't happen. And not only to, may the stock just be like dead money and just tread water, it may go down further. And in fact, one other very dangerous thing that I see online that I would just like to kind of make clear out there for you guys, when you go on like the Reddit post and see what people are talking about online, very commonly people will say like, just buy the dip. Like just buy the dip, just go out and you know, dollar cost average and like regardless of what stock it is, like basically blindly saying, well, when the stocks are down, this is a good thing, go buy more of it you cannot buy the dip on any company out there that is super important. You can buy the dip on your great quality companies that I've mentioned in the video today, but you cannot buy the dip and just continuously add money into a losing stock or losing portfolio because we've all seen the memes. We know where that could end up. Right? So again, to me, that's kind of like the first consideration is that what type of stock is it? And if you don't know, like if you don't, if you're unsure, because either you didn't do your research or you just like saw someone else's stock online and copied it and you don't know whether it's fundamentally a good stock based on research, then you probably shouldn't be holding that stock to begin with, like, let's just be honest, right? You shouldn't. And at least if you're gonna just blindly copy someone, copy the good companies, like not just the ones that were going up a lot. But um, that's just my first kind of thing to consider is like, what type of company is it? Another thing that I would consider is, well, this position that you're looking at that is down, and again, maybe your whole portfolio is down, but what size is it relative to your entire portfolio? Like for me, again, I look at my entire portfolio and I say, I really like the stocks that I have, but there is a stock that I acknowledge that is one of these kind of duds. This is a small portion of my entire portfolio. For some people, it's their entire portfolio. Like literally the entire portfolio is built up of duds. And unfortunately, like I think it's a really big number where where that is the case. And that's another consideration, right? Because to me, And this is just how I would approach it again. If it were my entire portfolio, I would consider just ripping off the band-aid. I know that's probably not what a lot of people want to hear, but to me, like I would take this as a learning lesson to say, Hey, markets have gone down 15% or 20%. Again, maybe they go down even further. Maybe they bounce back up. Who knows? But if my whole portfolio was in these junky type companies and it wasn't a really good, well-built portfolio, I would take it, especially if I was like a younger investor, I would just take it as a learning lesson and just say, listen, I'm gonna rip off the bandaid. Like I'm just gonna do it even though it's gonna suck and it's gonna cost me some money and put my stocks into the places where they should be in the first place and go build a good portfolio of good quality companies or good quality ETFs. Like that's how I would do it. I would take it as a learning lesson. If it was a smaller position, I get again, conceptually it's the same thing. Like if you still believe the stock is not very promising, you probably should sell it, but I would be more inclined to keep that stock if it was just a, if it's not going to have a drastic impact on my overall portfolio. If you guys get what I'm saying, for example, my SoFi position because it's such a minimal weighting, I can understand that I could wait this out. I could give it a chance. I don't necessarily want to be adding more because I said this is all, all I want to invest—a thousand bucks. But um, when it's a smaller position i know that's not going to impact my returns really over the long term all that much but if it was my entire portfolio like unfortunately i i would for me try to put it into a good i would just take this as a time to learning put it in the right place again maybe uh, you can make that decision for yourself another thing to consider is the location of this holding Like, where do you hold this? Like what account? Because that is actually very important. And for a lot of young investors, like maybe you just invest in your TFSA and that's great, but this would be maybe for some older investors or investors with more money who say, yeah, well I have my RSP and I have my taxable accounts, like a margin account or cash account. I would personally be a lot more happy to sell a stock if it was in a taxable account. So I have a corporate margin account and I have a personal cash account. If I had to sell any stock that was down, I would much prefer to sell those stocks simply for the tax benefits. Like there are tax benefits, really, if we want to look at it that way to selling a stock in your various taxable accounts, right? We can take that loss and use it to offset gains, not just today, like this year, but in the future, we can even carry it back, right? So by actually taking that loss, we're at least harnessing that to use against something right? So there's a, a slight benefit. We still, it still sucks that you're losing money. It's not a good thing, but it's like the better of the good. If you have your stocks in a TFSA or an RSP for that matter, but specifically talking about, about a TFSA, if you sell that stock, you don't get anything. Like you just lost that space. Right. And that's something I would really, really have, hate to do. Let's assume you put in, let's assume you had $50,000 worth of TFSA space, right? If you put in $50,000 and your portfolio has dropped down to, $30,000, right? Like it's been cut in half essentially. And if you were to sell, and if you were to pull that out of your TFSA and go use that and go spend it on something, when you withdraw that, you don't get that space back. And that's why I say the TFSA is such a valuable account. Like it's such a precious account that shouldn't be messed with. Yes, I think you can be a little more growth focused and have the chance to do well because of all the taxable benefits. But at the same time, it's it's also very, very, very precious. And if it were me, again, I don't wanna confuse you guys because I don't wanna say that if you have losing stocks in your TFSA that you should just hold them to not lose the space. If you, bringing it back to what we talked about earlier, that this is like an afterthought, right? It's a secondary piece. If you don't think that's, that the stock is a good stock to own going forward, then you have to make the decision to cut those losses and put it in a place where it is gonna grow for you and do better and not be dead money. Like that's priority number one. The secondary thing is just like, there can be options as to where, not options, but it can be more favorable to do it in certain accounts. I would definitely say if it's taxable money, if it's taxable account, I'd be a lot more happy to take the loss because again, those can be used, those could be used to offset. But um, to kind of like basically give you the summarizing thoughts, which hopefully I've, you know, given you some good ideas throughout this video. Luckily for me, like I'm not in this position. So I try my best as an investor to not get myself in these positions is why I look at the stocks that I do and I invest in the companies that I own and I don't, go chasing all these high growth stocks because I know that the time will come when they do revert and sometimes revert for good, right? Um, So I'm not in this position, but I'm just saying, if I was, these these would be the things that I consider. At the end of the day, the most important takeaway is to ask yourself, whatever the position is, regardless of what account or what's going on, from today, is there a better place for me to put this money? Like, regardless of whether it's down 5%, 10%, 20%, maybe it's up and you still, it's gone down. Like regardless of what it is, the dollars that I have in this account, is there a better place for me to put this? And I think at least kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel is that because the entire market is down, like because even the really good quality companies are down, we can take that money and go buy some other stocks at a cheaper price, right? So it's not a terrible thing. If you're kind of swapping, it would really suck if the market was like powering on. And you know, I've seen this, like basically over the past number of years, let's like go back three, four five years, the market could be doing really well, but your portfolio is doing really bad. Well, then you're selling at a loss and then buying up at a, at a peak or buying up at the top of a market, at least on a slightly bright side, everything's down. So that's, if it makes you feel any better, might make sense to do that. Again, you could sit on it and you could wait and who knows, the market could bounce back. I think more importantly is that rather than us guessing what's happening with the market, right? Because we don't know, like, we don't know whether there's more drops in store or whether the market's going to pick up or whether it's going to trade flat for a number of years. Like we, we really don't ask yourself right now, are the stocks that you're owning stocks that you want to have in your portfolio, right? Like, is it a good, is your portfolio built the way that you want doing that overnight test, doing that challenge? Because that in and of itself, I think can really dictate what you do with your positions and maybe take it as a time to kind of just put them in the right place. I actually saw this like thing. It was basically talking about that, that David um, sculpture, right? I think by Michelangelo, like the really popular, you know, paint, uh, not a painting, a sculpture. And someone asked the guy, the artist, Michelangelo saying, how did you craft that? Like, how did you come up with that? And his answer was essentially, I didn't create that. I just chipped away all of the things that didn't belong right that's just the way he as an artist kind of said that but he chipped away all the parts that didn't belong and it formed this really really beautiful piece right that is to me how I would approach my losing positions right now is I would say look at my portfolio what's junk what's good what do I want to keep what do I don't and I would just kind of take away all the bad ones and I would hopefully get that done like earlier than later because and again I'm not telling you guys like please understand as always this is not I'm not telling you guys what to do. I'm just saying what I would do. Always do your own decisions with your portfolio. Like do your own research and go look at other people's opinions and then make the choice for yourself. I don't want you guys to all sell all your stocks and then the market balances you say, oh well, I should have sold my stocks, who knows? But to me, as an investor, we want as much confidence in our portfolio as possible. And with all these dud positions in there, I don't know how someone could be confident in their portfolio if, they have all these dead, like dud stocks, right? To me, I would just kind of chip them away and just really hone it down into a portfolio that you're happy with and confident with, whether that be stocks, whether that be ETFs and owning your core ones that you know are gonna do well over time. But um, hey, that is it for my conversation today on what to do with your losing stocks. Again, do your own research and due diligence, but I am curious to know what you guys think of my thoughts. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Should you just be buying more blindly and um, averaging down on all the positions? Maybe, (laughs) maybe not. Again, this is just one person's way of looking at it. But if you enjoyed it and you appreciated me putting my thoughts out here, I would really appreciate a thumbs up. I film these videos like it's super late at night. It's nearly midnight because this is just when I'm having the free time, which is why I'm just probably look so tired in all my videos. If I look tired in my videos, like it's because I am tired. But I do wanna just come out and still get this content out for you guys. So if you do appreciate it, like please do give it a thumbs up, uh, let me know. You can subscribe as always, Uh, hit the notification bell. We post videos every single week, me and my dad. And um, of course we do have our investing academy. So if you want to be part of a community, like a community of Canadians who are all across the country, who are DIY investors, not all DIY investors. Some of them have mutual funds and some of them have not so much mutual funds because they would switch that, but some of them work with advisors, but they do manage their own money in some way, shape or form. We are just, Pretty darn cool community that is growing each and every day with people that are looking to learn and better themselves and basically just be part of a a community, a a group of people that want to invest and do what's right for their future. It's only $20 a month. It's that first link down below. We just added a bunch of new programs from Nolan, if you saw my last video. So it's not just stock market education. There's all sorts of stuff, mortgages, right? Variable versus fixed, stuff like that and more. Retirement planning stuff, uh, taxes, like, and it's only gonna grow actually as a sneak peek for those that are watching still, I'll just sneak sneak it out there. Um, For those familiar with the Smith Maneuver, right? You've probably heard that phrase thrown around a lot. Basically a strategy that you can leverage your your home, the equity in your home and um, invest and make the difference. We have the founder of the Smith Maneuver. So it's, well, his dad founded it, but um, Robinson, basically the son who's an older guy now, like older than me. Um, But yeah, we're gonna have content on stuff like that from the people that have literally founded and created it. We're trying to connect with the best minds and the best teachers and people that legitimately just want you to do better stuff with your money and put that all into the platform and onto the package. I think that will be coming either June or July, but I will keep you guys up to date, but you'll learn all about that and more if you do decide to join. That is that first link down below. I am excited for that. But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.